the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No way. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And we're back with Catherine Crick. What a topic that gives and gives. Yep. What an LA-based pastor. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah. And boy, has she taken over my YouTube watch later list. Oh, yeah. She makes a lot of content. Yeah, I started paying for YouTube Premium back when my, I don't know, this was now a couple years ago, my watch later list was like over 200. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to aggressively tackle this thing. I'm going to watch all the videos I intended to watch, Mm -hmm. which I did. And so I thought I'd get rid of the ads for watching videos on YouTube. So I paid for YouTube Premium, got it way down to like under 20. And right now, Catherine Crick has boosted me to like 70-something because I have so many Catherine Crick videos that I'm saving and watching. Okay. That wasn't as losing a story as I expected it to be. Oh, okay. You know, usually we sign up for these services and then a year and a half later, you're like, I'm not going to learn the harmonica. I'm still paying for it, and I'm kind of addicted to YouTube now. Okay. Like, that's where I get a lot of my news, watching clips of things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, for better or for worse. There's a lot of good content on YouTube. Sure, sure. Did you want to talk about whether COVID's real or? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a joke about how people fall down YouTube rabbit holes. Oh. Now right. yours is COVID's not real. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have not yet become convinced of flat earth or COVID conspiracies. That's too bad. Too bad. It could be a good second arm of this show, you know? Yeah. If one of us goes off the deep end at some point, that'll be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. We'll keep going. Yeah. And see what people happens. People have asked us this before, yeah. what we would do, and we're like, I think just keep making the show. Yeah. If we both want to. That'd be interesting. Yeah. If like Kelly got... Kelly? You're not Kelly. <laughs> if like uh, Carrie got really into like Morgellons disease. Yeah. And I started uh, getting wild about chemtrails. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then... We'd just keep going. <laughs> We'd the have to deal. The other person would be like, okay, it's my, my greatest challenge yet. <laughs> Indeed. Well, until then, let's talk about Catherine Crick. Okay, let's. So if you haven't heard of her before, you're behind at least one episode. Yeah, check that one out because there's a lot of context about Catherine's backstory, about how she was raised a Presbyterian in New York, small town, but then moved to L.A. to pursue her acting career and her singing career. She wanted to make Christian EDM music, but then the Lord sent unto her a prophet. His name is Jor Davey. Mm-hmm. He is from Tanzania. She received from him an apostolic anointing. She considers herself now an apostle. No formal schooling or anything for that. Just, you know, God chooses you to be an apostle and here she is. God doesn't want formal schooling. He wants direct message sending. Yeah. God to the people. Well, through a prophet. So then she started up her own church. It was very, very small for very many years. Mm -hmm. But then the pandemic hit. She started preaching out in parks and uh, went viral on TikTok, and now she has tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who see her stuff online. Yeah. And she does deliverance, she does healing, and one of these days she's going to raise the dead. She is the viral TikTok faith healer of the modern era. Wow, you're just ready with that. I'm so impressed. (laughs) I just vaguely remembered what I said last time. Okay, now you're all caught up. Though this reminds me, we didn't mention last time, we found, again from one of these uh, Christian exposers on YouTube, we found the original acting reel for 
Catherine Crick. Yes. So she moved out here to be an actress, and she has precisely one credit on IMDb. Is it a reality show? It is. Okay. Then I've seen it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's called Love at First Kiss. She was out here, presumably all alone, and she introduced herself on the show as a 24-year-old virgin. Named Kat. I'm Kat. I'm 24. I'm a virgin, and I plan to stay a virgin until marriage. I came here to find love. I came here to see what God has in store for me. And she was willing to kiss on screen, which says a lot to kiss a man as like the first act of meeting him. Yes. Essentially. So yeah, the premise of the show is two strangers walk into a room. They have been selected for each other by the producers. You walk in, you make out. Yeah. You, <laughs> you leave. You share the shortest <laughs> then, of pleasantries. You yeah, you're kiss. like, hi, what's up? And then it's expected that like you will make out within a few seconds. The woman then is, yeah, I guess she's not escorted out. But she leaves. She goes to another place hoping that the guy will come and... Asked for a follow-up date with her. Yeah, I think they're both basically asked, do you want to go to the room? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so She's in this waiting case, for him she to arrive. decides she wants to. She wants to go ahead and have that flash date with him because the kissing was pretty great. Okay. <laughs> this is crazy. I can't believe this life. What? <laughs> like, what just happened? Like, I feel like I'm in heaven. Where are the clouds and the angels flying around? <laughs> I would like to go on a speed date with this guy because I want to know who he is. The kiss was exactly what I pictured, exactly what I wanted. I felt like there was chemistry. I feel like he's the one that God has planned for me. I really hope he shows up. I thought this was significant because I know for a lot of people growing up in the church, in purity culture, even handholding can be oh, yeah. taboo. Bethany Beale didn't kiss her husband until the altar. Oh. Bethany Beale from our Girl Defined episodes, if anyone wants to go back. I've been listening to Leaving Eden podcast, and uh, Sadie Carpenter was raised in the IFB, the Independent Fundamental Baptist mm. Church, and she at one point almost got kicked out of Hiles Anderson College because of a side hug wow. with a male. Yeah. It's so like wow. kissing someone you, like you said uh, with the Beals, you know, like kissing is sometimes saved for marriage as well. Mm-hmm. So I just it, it's like a badge of honor. Like the really true hardcore Christians. Really saved myself they, for they, my Yeah, they don't partner. even kiss until the altar. And there's just this attached idea that it muddies you up you are less of a person after you yeah it's like it's like curse thinking it's like once you've done this one time you're tainted that's it brother unless it's for that one person then it's great but yeah there was this young guy good looking dude so Layton age 26 is an entrepreneur Layton not Clayton Layton Layton couldn't couldn't even get the c on there but yeah, he's like, um, I don't know, a gym bro, a guy who goes to the gym a lot. Okay. He's wearing a bright blue shirt. He clearly showed up on filming day in the wrong shirt, and production was like, no, 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 bold colors, no logos. You get this V-neck bright blue shirt. Look at this. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's yep. a replacement shirt if I ever saw one. Perfect teeth. Windswept hair. So they have a brief kiss, but, you know, she looks Twitter-pated after the kiss. And then she goes to wait for him, and... You see where this is going, listener? She gets stood up. 
and she married him. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't show up. So uh, as far as we can tell, she has no stated romantic interests or significant others, I should say. And so is she still a virgin? I was trying to find oh. some other way to say it. But. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because she doesn't. Theoretically, have a she partner, should be, but right, she might have a different theological view on on that. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like it. When she said that she's a virgin, she talks about being a Christian. Okay, so. we'll talk about some guys in her ministry. Yeah. But. So yeah, there's there's a guy that if I had to guess if she's fucking anybody, that'd be the guy. But it would be a guess. Are you thinking of the same guy I'm thinking of? I don't think so. Okay. The total speculation. Yeah. Yeah. No. This total is like speculation. Just vibe clawing. And that's uh, my new term for when you're like you're feeling out the vibe, but you recognize that you're clawing at vibe clawing. You know, like I'm not gonna claim any okay. sort of fact check here. I'm okay. just vibe clawing. Vibe clawing. Yeah, that'll catch on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a it's disclaimative. Okay, all right, fair <laughs> enough. But we can speculate because I don't know, sex is exciting. Uh-huh, sure. Uh huh. Have you had it? I have. You it's, have. It's great. Okay, okay. really cool. Really yeah. Cool, how really about cool. you? No. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Should I talk with Drew? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, uh, but it sounds really neat. Well, it's funny because th- this is totally aside. We're being pulled off in the wrong direction. But I hope she's having sex. I feel like everyone <laughs> should. <laughs> but she's not married, Ross. Right, so she would Christian. be, yeah, right, she would be breaking or at least doing something inconsistent with, I think, the image that she's creating. Uh, anyways, none of that is here, nor is it there. Just mm-hmm. thought we should mention her first TV exposure. Yeah. And then there were some other little real bits of her doing some acting I don't know, it looked like very low budget stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was like another, there was a clip where she played she was like, an adult film star. She was trying to get this nerdy looking guy who looked like a Mormon missionary to sleep with drink. her. And yeah, yeah, she was being very sexually suggestive in that. But, you know, it's like the awkward, stilted sexual suggestion of someone in the school play who's never actually done it. You <laughs> right, know, right. Uh... What do you drink? I don't know. I've never had alcohol before. That sounds awful. (laughs) Here you go. Cheers to new beginnings. (coughs) Oh my. (coughs) So Jonas, do you do you have a girlfriend back home? Oh, I had a fiance. Does that count? And you decide to move in with a porn star. So she goes from clip one is I'm a virgin. Clip two is I'm a porn star. And then clip three is I'm Her talking to I'm a friend in, the park in a park with my friend. And we've been offered like a good housing situation. Thanks to the YouTuber who collected all those and, and put them up. Yes, that YouTuber's name was Apostle Catherine Crick Full Frontal Exposure. Thank you, Apostle Catherine Crick Full Frontal Exposure. That's a mouthful. <laughs> So her acting career didn't go very long, right. I guess, is the message there. Yeah. So a lot of actors come to LA and their first few jobs are these like reality gigs where you're just trying to get tape of yourself. And, and I expect that's what that was. Layton was not the man that God had intended for her. So hopefully uh, there is a latent demand a latent sl- that will latent. be uh, fulfilled by some other man. Mm-hmm. But not I'm saying Layton. maybe there's a latent demand. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Like she's still holding a candle for Leighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Okay. Well, Leighton, if you're out there, we'd love to chat with you. (laughs) 
Why didn't you show up for her? Her the- life could have turned out so different. Wait a minute. Leighton. Because of Leighton Draper. Oh. Not falling in love with Catherine Crick, who, by the way, throughout her book, mentions a few times that she had always just wanted to get married and have a family. Oh, Leighton. Leighton. The trouble, you could have saved the world. Yes. She, there wouldn't be a woman in downtown LA healing <laughs> HIV in children this if might- you had just shown up to this speed date and for the good of society <laughs> married a stranger just last night i was talking with cara and I, that's my wife and i was saying if you gave me a time machine and i just had like a few moments to decide i would go back to germany and i would and just br- take in some good art i would bribe the academy to accept adolf hitler as a painter because he got rejected all uh, right if he had just gotten his painting career he could have been a hateful little man making bad paintings. Oh yeah, this is Lindsay Pavlis's joke too. That, okay. uh, that uh, if she could, you know, some people go back in time to kill Hitler, she'd go back to encourage his art career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just let you know, slip him a few bucks. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever the Buy currency paintings, was at the time. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, does anyone have his, oh, someone must be collecting Hitler's paintings, huh? Oh, in, well, yeah. Like uh, the Nazis. guy, the guy who was giving all the money to Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas also has some original Hitler oh artwork. wow you know cool i mean i'm looking at the paintings some are kind of cool okay let's not go down this avenue <laughs> um <laughs> oh so destructible okay anyways just filling in one more piece of her backstory yes okay so we get there we go to the church we go to 5f church for our very first time and 5F what church. do i bring with me a broken toe and two crutches that's right we got there early because the church starts at 1 p.m Oh my God, this is the worst thing you could do in the middle of winter. Take people their entire Sunday away. Like almost all of the late hours, she takes it away from you on Sundays. Yeah, because I I was going to say this later, but I'll just say it now. We were there for four hours. That is too long, Catherine. Catherine. Like Mormon church is three hours and that felt excessive. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Now, granted, we did show up early. So it could have just been three and a half hours. But yeah, we were there a little over 30 minutes early. But yeah, like eat lunch before you come. Have a glass of water. You are here a while. And if you leave early, she's going to publicly shame you without using your name. But And if you arrive late, she'll shame you. Yes, exactly. I have attended her YouTube lives where she has gotten mad that people came late, gotten mad that people left early, and gotten mad that people aren't coming at all because they watch online. (laughs) She's filled with the spirit, folks, and all she asks is that you come on time and stay through the whole repetitive thing. And plant yourself in her church personally. Yeah, you think... She wants the online following, clearly, but mm-hmm. that's interesting that she, yeah, she, she does. She wants you to like fly out. She talks about that a lot. Like, it's okay if you're planted here, but like actually show up sometimes. This should be like your home church. Mm-hmm. I should mm-hmm. see your face. Yeah. And she's okay with scolding her audience, flock, flock for mm-hmm. things like this. Things and else. that's a good point because she does, in every service we've attended and that I've seen, she'll call out specifically who's here for the first time. Uh-huh. In this case, it was like 10 to 15 of us, mm-hmm. you and myself included uh and then people from other countries or from far away and then she'll go around and be like oh where are you from to say it where are you from oh that's so cool and we'll spend a fair amount of time covering the various Mm -hmm. states and countries you came from the second time that we went she was like and we have some international visitors Mm -hmm. and she pointed at both of them and they're both from canada Technically, you, she's true. right. It's international. Technically, the US correct. Part two. The best kind of correct. Technically, yeah. yes. That's a that's a Futurama <laughs> joke that I love. 
as we've mentioned, bad neighborhood. Doesn't feel very welcoming. Yeah, yeah. Lots, yeah, low income, high crime. It's between two warehouses. And this is clearly a warehouse that's been kind of scooped out and turned into a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole area used to be like a factory area. At one point, they had like textiles and toys I know were around there. I only know this because Drew had Drew Spears Productions mm-hmm. near there originally. Oh, and actually, we did the Colin show near there. That's right. That yeah. was filmed from nearby. The art district, they call that. So you park where you can. And as we were getting out, we saw like a black SUV with somebody who looked like the driver, mm-hmm. whatever, like a hired driver. And so I thought, oh, maybe that's her vehicle. Maybe that's how she gets there. Mm-hmm. And as we were leaving later, there were security guards outside, like two of them sort of blocking the back entrance. And I assume just kind of waiting for her to personally escort her back to the black SUV. That's how mm-hmm. I painted this in my mind. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. But they had guns on them. Oh, did they? Yeah. I hate guns. Guns. Listeners to this podcast probably don't know, but I don't like them. <laughs> You've mentioned before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not Do you like listens. political books? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I end up reading a fair amount of political books. <laughs> so as we walked in, there's a staircase leading up, which doesn't seem very ADA compliant <laughs> for a faith healing church. Yeah. They do have a, a, a ramp, ramp, but you kind of have to go and get someone's attention. And yeah, yeah, maybe just stand at the bottom of the stairs and wait till someone helps you out. And you were on crutches, and there was a very kind young man who helped you to the top of those stairs. Mm-hmm. And he at this point, my toe was real broken. It's still broken, but yeah. it, this was week one. Okay, it was still purpley mm-hmm. and unhappy. I shook hands with him, and then there was a a young lady also, clearly like another greeter, Mm -hmm. but for me, it was like a super awkward interaction. Like, she kind of like looked down on the ground, like, oh, well, you're a guy. It's not my job to say hi to you. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if she greeted you at all, but- I don't know. She was very young, and she didn't seem like she had the right demeanor for a greeter, but maybe she- Lightened up for other people. Yeah, I wonder if she was an assigned greeter or if it felt just like sort it. Of do it this. felt like this is okay. my job right now. Okay, but yeah. I know how churches work. You get tapped and yep. like, hey, you get to be an usher this week. I used to be an usher for a long time. Even after I became a non-believer, I kept serving as an usher at my Presbyterian church. Sure. Yeah, like gotta you bring do. the flock in. Anyway, so we were in, and I was just kind of surprised that nobody beyond helping you up the stairs seemed at all interested in the fact that you had crutches. Yeah, yeah, I would I say was that's right. Expecting them to narrow their focus in on you immediately and be like, "Oh, let's have you sit over here," or like somehow have a plan for you or ask you questions mm-hmm. to maybe see. Because I've heard this story with Peter Popoff and other faith healers that they'll have a crew looking for potential candidates that can be prepared, queued up for later faith healing. Yeah, Peter Popoff being a faith healer of some renown we've talked about before. But yeah, this is an old move of basically relying on the ignorance of the rest of the audience about how crutches work. Mm. But it's usually a temporary solution to a temporary injury (laughs) that's not terribly severe. If it were, you'd probably be in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. I just had this experience, right? I got crutches. I would hobble around on them. Sometimes they'd be useful. Sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes they get in your way and it's better to hop. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm not going to make an 18 point turn. I'm going to hop and I'm going (laughs) to hand my crutches to the guy next to me. And yeah, like if you want to put a miracle narrative on that sort of task switching between using and not using Uh your crutches, you can, but this is not impressive. Right. And as a broader point, when you see a faith healing and someone gets up out of their wheelchair and walks 
walks towards the preacher. This mm-hmm. is a common thing. I've seen mm-hmm. Jor Davy do this. Probably, you know, most people in that condition can stand for a little while. Mm-hmm. That'll look superficially impressive to someone watching. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, you threw away your crutches and you're walking now healed. Right. No, yeah, you could do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. And please get that man his crutches back. Those were $75. <laughs> yeah, and his $75 bottle of pills too. Can you fetch oh, those God. back? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, uh, when they do that. So anyways, there was no special attention, no questioning paid. We just, we sat down kind of on the right hand side and picked an aisle seat so you could move around if you needed to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there were about 270, 300 white folding chairs, somewhere in that range. And at the point when we arrived, it was, we were very early, Mm -hmm. but there were already there were people. Yeah, maybe 70 people, and something there, like that. And there was praise music. Like, if you were watching this on, say, Netflix, there would be like a little closed caption saying, inspirational Christian music. Mm, right. Uplifting, swelling music. And th- these are live musicians. They're on, on the dais in front. Yeah, there's a like a keyboard. There's an actual like drum kit with the plastic, like the acrylic in front of it to deaden the sound a little bit. And then more microphones for just additional singers. Yeah, there's a vocalist by herself. Big internal space. So they've painted everything white so it feels very clean and modern. But if you look closely, like the windows are all vintage factory windows. They're kind of cloudy and some of them are opaque. And yeah. Some of them are skew and maybe missing. And the little signs here and there of the, the age of this place. So Yeah, it's if, the place that you have like a rustic wedding. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you explored around the front. You found, what were they doing off to the right? That was bathrooms. Oh, that was just bathrooms. Yeah, I saw people coming out of this little side room and I thought, what's back there? I, I went bathrooms. Okay. I wandered to the back and there was a room that was just kind of storage. Also in the back on the other side, there was uh, the merch area. The gift shop. Yeah. Oh, you're excited. <laughs> That's where I got my famous sweatshirt. What is it? Heal the sick? Heal the sick. Wait. Cast out demons. Cast, maybe, maybe cast out demons is first. Okay. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. Heal the sick and raise the dead. Uh, they were also selling her book. Yes. Which you bought for both of us. That's right. The secret of the anointing, accessing the power of God to walk in miracles by Catherine Crick. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Oh, you're welcome. I didn't get it for you till our second trip, but you got the autographed copy. Yeah. That's how much Carrie cares. That's right. I was like, I'm not paying five extra dollars to get mine signed. And she regularly promotes the book. It's her first book. She's very excited about it. And during the service, she'll be like, oh, make sure you get my book. Yes. And so I said, okay, I will. There's also a lot of technology around. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got like a bunch of cameras. They are actively recording all of this. They've got this really interesting kind of monopod that has mounts on it for three phones. Oh, yeah. You were really interested in this. I was very interested in this. So one is horizontal in the center, and then you've got two vertical phones on either side of it. And they're all logged into, I assume, different services and live streaming Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to YouTube, Instagram. That's smart. TikTok. Uh, And also they have a live Zoom call. So there's so many ways to participate. And they've very actively taken advantage of social media. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, she would say that the secret sauce here is God's power. I would suspect it's 
social media <laughs> finessing. Uh, but- she's she's great at it. She's on every platform. She's always releasing. She makes lots of short videos. She edits them for clarity. You get bing, bang, boom, one topic. Yeah. That's good social media, baby. Yeah, yeah, they're on it. And clipped right in front of us on the back of the seats are these cards. Mm -hmm. So you can already start filling them out. They say, stay connected with 5F. And you can give them your name and address and seek more information on how I can serve upcoming services and events, how to receive and maintain deliverance, which is just the euphemistic way of saying demon casting outing. Mm -hmm. And then we've also got an envelope that says ways to give. Uh, you can text. You can do it online at 5fchurch.org give. You can do it in service using this offering envelope. You can do it by mail using this offering envelope. You can use the QR code below. So many ways to give. If you didn't grow up in the church, they had these in pews all the time. There's mm-hmm. always something sitting in front of you where the Bibles go asking for your money or your information. Yeah. Uh, on the back of this envelope that you can mail in, it says, thank you for giving to God and advancing his kingdom through this seed. This is going to be a theme today. Mm-hmm. May you receive your needs and may this seed produce fruit in your life. And then we get the verse Second Corinthians 9.10. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Mm. How convenient because uh, what will be the topic of the sermon this week, Carrie? Sowing. Sowing a seed. Now I know what you're thinking. Is it going to be crochet? Is it going to be needlepoint? <laughs> no. This is sewing your money into <sighs> Catherine Crick's ministry. Really hoping for embroidery there. So that God will deliver to you tenfold, sevenfold, seventyfold, a hundredfold what you have put in. Yeah, and she even later told us that this was the second in a series where the first week she had preached The Power of Sewing. Mm -hmm. And we've watched some of this and uh, pretty much the exact same message. But she came back this week with How to Sew the Spiritual Way. I think she must have just thought she didn't nail it She didn't get enough money or she had additional thoughts maybe. Yeah, something like that. She's like, take two. One thing I've learned about Apostle Catherine Crick is you hand her a microphone, she'll just talk. She'll fill up as much time as you need and more. Well, we get it. We got it. You hand us a microphone. We will fill up as much time. I am as talking to you in more. front of a microphone right now. So, fair. <laughs> <laughs> when right. I, I did right. a talk at Skeptics of the Pub where I ran over by over 200%. Very good. Yeah. That's funny. I was recently on with Recovering from Religion and I was there for four hours, but they did have a QA afterwards and I just kind of stuck around That's and where most the cues kept coming. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But what are you going to do? They cue you, you A. Though, uh, I guess you know, we, we do like a, an ad break usually that can be mm-hmm. three to six minutes, depending on how many ad breaks we have. And then at the end, we talk a little bit about supporting us. But I would say we spend less than 5% of our time talking about how to give us money. That's true. Catherine Crick spends, especially in this service, 80% of her time talking about how to give her money. Yes. And that is why this March during Max Fun Drive, you should become a... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yes, no, she's very heavy on imparting to you that part of your dedication to God is giving money to her church. Yes. 
And she'll mention, you could give to any church, of course, yeah, of course. into God's kingdom, but she'll only ever have one example. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what church should I give to? Oh, for example, this yeah. one here. I don't know. If I had to pick one, uh, this one right here. <laughs> because she always presents it that way. Like, for example, you could give it here at Fivefold yeah. Church. <laughs> oh, thank you for that helpful example. I never thought of that. But never says like Mosaic, the church that I left. So the crowd just continued to grow over time. So when we first got there, I remember like 15% of the seats full. And then when the church service started at one o'clock, and we'd already had a fair amount of worship, at that, a fair amount of worship at that point, mm-hmm. uh, it was maybe like 30% full. And it just kept kind of creeping to the point where later on it was like, oh, everybody's in seats now. Yeah. So I can see why Catherine Crick is like, come on, everyone, show up on time. Stop just drifting in during my message. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But her message goes for like two hours. Yeah, come on, lady. Your church is really long and it's at a weird hour. It's a diverse audience. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot That's of, true. A lot of Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. I, would, I might say that that is the majority population. A lot of black people. Mm-hmm. A lot of white people. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. Asian people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody's there. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any Maori. But if you were there, please email Ross and tell him he did not spot you. Oh, please. Yes. Uh, It is a diverse church. And I guess it's pretty evenly split male, female. If I had to guess, I didn't notice any imbalance there. Oh, that's a good point. From our previous investigations, if I had to guess, I would have said it would be a mostly female audience. But you're right. I think it was pretty well matched. Yeah, you know, I know women are more religious than men, but in the Christian church, do we tend to see more women than men? I'd say generally, yes. Yeah, okay. I wonder if it has something to do with her being a attractive young lady. Oh, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, that some men are going there to see the hot faith healer. You know, maybe. It just makes it easier. Yeah, I think also... You know, she advertises healing things and like she really hits hard on stuff like schizophrenia where like you're going to hit more men. This reminds me, I saw at least two guys who I just instantly thought this guy currently has a drinking problem. Oh, man. Where both of them and they weren't together. Both of them just look kind of disheveled, Mm. red faced and red eyed. And oh, man. Yeah. You've come here for help from this. And both of them were later on participating in like the healing portions and had the, you know, were supplicating for attention and, mm-hmm. and healing. So maybe yeah. just because of the things she claims to heal. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, volunteers around and you can usually spot them by their shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And they are, well, you know what, actually I'll give fivefold ministry this, I guess it's kind of consistent with their whole fivefold thing. Mm-hmm. It, do- it seems like people have very different roles. Like there are the guys who might as well be her security guards they're falling yes. around giving you side eye deciding who to lead <laughs> up to her and then mm-hmm. they and then they catch the person as they fall and those those people have like kind of a creepy vibe and then there mm-hmm. are these like you know happy greeter types who are just like mm-hmm. happy to see you and no one who's giving a very hard sell other than her fair she'll have someone who comes up after her probably part of the ministry team to deliver kind of a final mm-hmm. benediction but yeah, you're right. She is the the main message giver. There's, a, of course, a worship team, people singing. There's one woman who's running around taking pictures all the time, uh, which I always love because whenever there's active photography and videography going on, it's like, cool, I won't stand out. Then I out. can too. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So I, I didn't feel like I stood out too much 
taking videos on a regular basis. You know, we have this assumption of this is a public event. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is also, yeah, the greeters and people just kind of looking around, making sure that things are working properly. So, yeah, a lot of minders walking about people working in the merch shop and you could usually tell them by their shirts because they would be wearing the merch like black shirts that had a bright shiny gold revival is now in all caps or one that says vessel down the middle and uh, another one i saw that said the axe church is back oh yeah i like that one uh which always interests me after jesus left you had the axe church because the same author who wrote luke wrote axe and told about how everybody would give everything that they owned away and they would just live off of the common pot. And it's so funny. It's like the description of a a communist communist commune. Yeah, Yeah, that's like the ideal church. And I remember asking one of my good Christian friends years back, well, if it was so good, why wasn't it sustainable? Mm. And that kind of stopped him and he had to think about that. Or why aren't you doing it now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm used to churches claiming that they want to be that. But yeah, that, I mean, even here where they wear shirts that say that, I don't see all of them completely giving up their money, which would be a big red flag. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen lots of cults that do that. But yeah, up to you. Everybody but- give your money to us and we'll manage it. Make sure you get fed and housed and all of that. That's not even what's happening here. But there is the emphasis on casting out demons. Right. Oh, yeah. Another one says on the back, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Yeah, I bet that's reassuring to her because she has this notion that she's not a good speaker, but that (laughs) she has an anointing that passes through her. Yeah, though, like she tries to draw the parallel with Moses. He started out as not a good speaker, but then he turned into one. So, yeah, or does she speak a lot? So clearly she's over whatever that was. I just have to point out, I really love that they have 5fchurch.org and 5fmerch.com. Nice. I got to give it to you. That's, oh, yeah, they should have done .org the second time, though. It's pretty clever. Yeah, let's see if I can get to both of them with .orgs and .coms. This is important. <laughs> 5fmerch.org. No, sir, doesn't work. Whoa, wait, what is this? Oh, oh wow. Somebody bought 5fchurch.com. And they've painted her as like Elphaba. The, the yeah, the evil witch of the West. Wow. What is this? Wait, merch witch. drop. Wait, click on merch drop to the right of her eye. <laughs> Wait, doesn't it say okay? <laughs> okay. Mia Quacko bumper Mia, Mia Quacko, it is yours. What's that, Mia Quacko? That was what they were saying in Tanzania when they were anointing her. They kept saying, Mia Quaco. Oh, it is yours. Okay. And then the translation would be, it is yours. Mia Quaco. It is yours. Mia Quaco. It is Uh, yours. Okay. Oh, man. That's a bummer. And this is probably one of her critics. Yeah. Oh, clearly. Okay. Yeah. So, what's the website? (laughs) 5fchurch.com. And hers is.org. Yeah. Wow. Oh, she lost the URL battle on that one. Wow. Merge with the Mia Quaco. I'm filling out this contact form. That's what I'm doing. Well, this was a fun find. The banner says five fake church. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she is uh she's made some enemies. Oh. Oh. And there's what? this uh What I... is this picture? This is obviously also a Photoshop, but what the fuck's going on with it? Oh, of her with a family and like But I... the faces are all fucked up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Five fake church person. Get in touch. What the heck are you doing? Yeah, what is... What's your deal? What is this? What are we looking at, Ross? 
I don't know. Yeah, someone who doesn't like her. Someone who doesn't like her, but also might be a couple cards short of a deck. <laughs> Quite possibly. Because this is... Yeah, is this a real picture of her with a family? I don't think... I mean, look at the kid's face. Yeah, it looks like they've been they modified. Be right. They've taken adult faces and put them on the yeah, kid's faces. Yeah, it's like her face shrunk into a baby or something. Oh, this is interesting. Someone... Oh, okay. no. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. We are both looking at this image. Oh, no. That says, when the leader of a sex cult appoints you as head demon slayer, then it has Catherine Crick, and she's oh. falling down, receiving the anointing from Jordavi. Davy. Oh, and they're showing that she's wearing thong underwear that you can see through her dress. They're, sh- they're like, they have <laughs> zoomed in on her ass, which she's not trying to show us. She just happens to be yeah. turned in such a way. All right, this makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I know it should. That <laughs> she's turned in such a way that you can see that she has a nice butt and she's wearing thong underwear. So this person is zooming in on it to say she's being what inconsistent by wearing a thong. I guess is so. that the point? I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, this per- <laughs> like, just give me off it. Get off of it. <laughs> All right. Well, that is five oh fchurch.com. Very What's different. What's your deal, other guy? Um, I wanted to say about this entry worship music. Yeah. Yes. So they start singing when you come in. Mm-hmm. It's a familiar setup to anyone who's gone to church. It's people at the front singing songs. If you know them, you sing along. If you don't, they're projected on a screen to the side. And you just kind of learn the tune and you pick it up. And and there's always one phrase that's just repeated 40 times. And in this case, it really is 40 times. And they seem to be encouraged to do this sort of improvisation as they go. Mm-hmm. Like I almost want to say scatting, but it's not scatting. Oh, yeah. But like... Yeah. They'll be in the middle of a phrase, and instead of just being like, God is good, they'll be like, God is, he is so good. Why is he so good? Nothing is as good as God. Oh, he is so good. Thank I wish you. I could go to Taco Bell after this. He is so good. You are so good, Lord. We rely on your faithfulness. Thank you to God. You are the greatest and the goodest of all. And so then you we always love see. You for how good you are. <laughs> so then you see the pianist like trying to, oh, oh, we're still in that part. Yes, absolutely. I'm backing you up. I'm and then finally you up. Oh, back it's still to happening. Okay. God is good to us. Good to oh, good. Us. We're back to. The, yeah. the the main thing. God is good to us. To us. Oh, but now we're gonna repeat it. God is good to us. And it a just, lot of that. Yeah. At goes, least a half an hour of that, which uh, I've come to think of as being this assistive device to get people in something of an altered mental state. Yeah. Totally. A lot of repetition, getting you standing up, maybe even a little tired and lightheaded, just mm-hmm. from the same chanted mantra mm-hmm. over and over again. I think it plays an important role I in think Christianity. That's right too. Yeah, when we went the second time, I was actually thinking, oh, I bet everybody's having that sort of trance-like feeling right now, but I'm not because I don't know these songs and it takes a certain familiarity to get there. Mm-hmm. And then they just happened to break into a song with which I was familiar. And I felt ah. just that feeling like, fill me up. Yeah, you're right. This is taking me back. And you really do have these kind of place memories uh-huh. tied to that. And halfway through this very repetitive song, you're an expert in it because you've <laughs> now sung it. Because God is very good. He's so good. I love him so much. <laughs> did I ever tell you about the time that I went to see Ellen taped? Oh, and yeah, and you that? came up and won a dancing contest? Oh, I did. Thank you for remembering that. That's what I remember. But I bring it up because... Oh, yeah, they wanted to get you in that same kind of state. Yes, for like an hour, exhausted. they make you like dance and scream yeah. and jump around and do contests. By the time she came out, my friend Caleb <laughs> and I were like teary with like, <laughs> she's here! It's She's Ellen. a rule. 
food because <laughs> they just exhaust you so bad that yeah you're in this sort of like relief elation state yeah yeah uh-huh. okay <laughs> they sound like they sound like like torture methods on some level and maybe this is another reason why she scolds people for arriving late because then they're Ellen. missing <laughs> Catherine Craig, maybe Ellen, for not having received this full kind of preparatory process. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. By the time she came out, huh. there was similar elation. The crowd got up, standing mm-hmm. ovation. And to us, it felt like she had waited a really long time. Turns out she came out like six minutes after the hour. So kind of when she was supposed to. But to me, it felt like there had been so much anticipation just with how long worship had gone on. But first, she's got to sing for a very long time. Oh, that's right. And she's got to do her own improvisational singing. God, I love you so much. <laughs> That's like a perfect example of her just scatting, like you said, like she can just fill up time saying the same thing multiple times, interlacing it with variations on the same phrases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just improv. I, my my friend is it Zach, a skill? I don't know. It's, yeah, oh it's yeah, skill. no. My friend Zach Reno uh, hosts a podcast called Off Book that you and I went to a taping of yeah. once. Musical improv is very hard to do well. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. What they were doing is at a different level. They were like <laughs> writing yeah, a, musical a musical every in episode. real time. It's yeah. quite impressive. It is impressive. Go listen to Off Book. And uh, yeah, we sing a little more. She's part of the worship team for a bit. But she's wearing a black silk shirt and jeans. Fashionable. It's mm-hmm. both modest but also alluring because it's all kind of shiny. Mm-hmm. She's, I think, found kind of that uh, happy balance. Yeah, you want to look like you could go to a work interview. Yeah, I think overall the flavor of the room was business casual. Mm -hmm. Nobody wearing suits, but people wearing generally nice clothes. So not Sunday best, but Sunday pretty good. Yeah, I was wearing a dress, and then afterward I was like, I don't need to wear a dress next week. I can get away with pants. Right, and if you come in with a t-shirt, you'll be totally fine. Yeah. You're not going to stand out. out. Um, Do I want them to be welcoming? I don't know, but it is welcoming. (laughs) And a very, very dark lipstick. Hmm, okay. She's so happy to see us. She calls us her spiritual sons and daughters. Yeah, not to be confused with spiritual spouses. That'll come up later. (laughs) Yes, which I, I, I was kind of surprised by to hear that right at the top, that I was her spiritual daughter. I've just met you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, all right. I don't know. You're, a young, you're younger than me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm your daughter, but that's funny. I it, guess you can just assert that. It didn't really register with me, but now that you oh, say really? it, I'm fine being her adopted spiritual <laughs> oh, son. Okay, okay. Well, I just, in general, I guess, like people I know, 
if you want to be my parent, ask me. Okay. Don't just become my parent. Okay? <laughs> I don't like it. All right, fair. And then she said that they had just made an update. They're going to be doing Spanish translations. On Zoom, yeah. Um, so that this word can get to more people. And make sure you're always hitting the share button. And we've got the link in the bio on Instagram. Yeah, she would regularly address the online audience because, frankly, well, I was going to say it's larger than the in-person audience, but... That's actually not true necessarily during the service. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll look at the numbers and they might be middling or small, you know, just like, oh, there's only 25 people here. Oh, okay. We got up to 60 on this platform. Yeah. I think most of her views, downloads, listens, whatever they are, come later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you check back a week or two later and now you've increased your audience 18 fold more like mm-hmm. a lot of people watching her online yeah if it was just this congregation in la this would feel like less of a concern to me than it is oh with yeah, her yeah, online yeah. reach yeah because clearly when it was just a congregation in la it fluctuated you know it got even it went rose down. a little and then went down to like two people at right, one point right Yeah, no, this is the magic of the internet for sure. So she called out us first timers. And then, yeah, we had people visiting from Ukraine, Ecuador, Belize, Japan, and the UK. Yeah. Those are faraway places. They sure are. Gosh, I want to see Belize. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Uh, So the woman from Belize came up and shared her testimony. So yeah, every now and then there'll be a little interruption to what is otherwise the Catherine show. She'll (laughs) she'll bring someone up to stand with her for a moment. And testimony means getting up and talking about how God has worked in your life. But in this context, testimony means getting up and talking about how Catherine Crick worked in your life. (laughs) Yeah. And then at the end saying, but all glory to Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. It's a constant tightrope she walks between, look at me, look at me, and but it's not about me. Of yeah, course, yeah. it's not about me. Right. I'm just the vessel, just the main vessel. But just a vessel, but the main <laughs> vessel. So that woman, I thought it was kind of telling when she told her story. What had stood out to her about Catherine was that she had watched Catherine do a prayer over someone else online. Mm -hmm. And the woman receiving the prayer online, I guess, had been a non-native English speaker. And Catherine was so patient with her and kind Mm. and not making her speed up or talk quicker and was happy to repeat herself. And, you know, was just being in general a good bilingual uh, inviting speaker. Nice. It is nice. And this woman now on stage giving her testimony is Mm. like, I saw you doing that. You were so patient. And that's when, you know, I stopped and I asked God, like, you know, if this is really the woman, tell me or whatever. I thought, like, man, that's so interesting that all it took was sincerity. You just spotted in her like the sincere kindness, yeah. and that was enough. That okay. got you too. God has imparted the cure for HIV into a person. Oh, goodness. You it, know? Yeah, yeah. And the way the woman started her story, she said, I first saw you online, and I thought, this is a little little weird. It kind of a, a little joke at how this does seem strange on the surface sure. of it. Elephant uh, in the room. Right. But I kept watching, and then I said, okay, well, I'll read her book, and then I'll come here. And she thanked Catherine Crick for helping her get free of religion. Yes. Which <laughs> you'd think going to a church and hearing Bible verses all day would be part of the process of getting more involved with religion. Yeah. No, sirree. The first time I heard this, I shifted forward in my chair and I was listening and I was thinking, okay, I missed 
I missed something. I thought she said she wanted to get away from religion. That can't be what she said. Mm-hmm. Let me, okay, let me replay the tape in my head and try to make this make sense. Nope. Catherine Crick thinks she is not doing religion. Right. That religion is bad. And she'll even list it in a list of spirits that are attacking people or making their lives horrible. Religion will be one of them, the spirit of religion. And it really feels to me like one of those cult tactics where you redefine terms mm-hmm. so you can condition responses from your your flock. Yeah, well, I remember even when I was in, in college and my famous Christian boyfriend that I've talked about many times, he and I were talking about Jesus in some way. And he said, well, you know, I've I've never thought of Christianity as a religion. It's just a relationship. <laughs> I mean, even then, I was a Christian yeah. and I was like, get real. That, that <laughs> what one, do you mean? That one always bothered me too. Yeah, I yeah. I remember that. Come on, this is our religion. We spend hours a week mm-hmm. thinking and talking about this and letting it direct our lives and making allowances around it when the facts don't add up with it. Of course, this is our religion. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's Come on. let's be honest Come here. On. It fits. It could be more than that to us, but it's still yes. a religion. Yeah, I yeah. Remember- it's like saying the U.S. isn't my country; it's my homeland. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. But you know what the word country means, and that's yours. Okay. <laughs> I hope I never said that. I feel like I was never comfortable with that to begin with. The whole it's not a religion; it's a relationship. Uh-huh. And she also said that they had saved up money, and this was her birthday gift. Coming out here to oh, wow. see Catherine Craig's church. Oh wow! From Belize. Also, <laughs> I gotta say, if you're having a relationship with someone who's not in the room, it is not a good relationship. <laughs> it's probably a religion. Fair. Anyway, I go on, and that'll write alongside her use of the word Pharisees in the Bible. Mm. The Pharisees were the the Jewish religious teachers of Jesus's day who would give Jesus a hard time because they were all tied to the law and all these things and felt he was blasphemous. And so thought of as too legalistic. Exactly. Exactly. That's the spirit of it. And so she'll constantly be calling other proponents of the church Pharisees because they've got their focus in the wrong place, not on the fivefold church. Right. Yeah, she even gives the woman an anointing. No oils involved, just touches her forehead. This is a pretty common occurrence. And that was enough for the woman. I think she was maybe just uh, eager. She traveled all this way. She wanted to have something that felt like a deliverance. Mm. So she started coughing and then laid down carefully, <laughs> not, to, you know, uh, not, to, not to hurt oneself, and then raised her hands. And they have a ready response for this. So that's, it was the first time we saw this, but this would become a common occurrence where someone would fall over backwards or forwards, and they would just kind of lay on the stage for a while. Catherine Crick would keep doing her thing, but someone would come over and lay a blue blanket across them. They could just be there with their hands raised for a while or chilling, you know, while the spirit does its thing. Yeah. Is this so you've had more experience with big tent revival kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Is that not typical to usually get up quicker? Yeah, good question. I guess it's fairly typical. I've I've definitely seen that kind of behavior. It's just funny how ready they are with the blankets. Yes. And with the men standing behind you to help lower you to the ground yes. carefully. Yes. Trust I've fall you. Definitely seen that elsewhere, but yeah, it's heavily used here. Oh my God, every revival fall is a trust fall. I'm Carrie Poppy. Yeah, new t-shirts. Yeah, you're trusting the culture around you to explain the scenario to you, right? Mm -hmm. Bumper sticker, every revival fall is a trust fall, $5. (laughs) 
there was a brief interlude because uh, someone was standing up and had a, a son who clearly had special needs. We encounter him later. Yeah. And Catherine Crick prayed for a sound mind. Yeah. The woman seemed to refer to some kind of mental illness. And mm-hmm. yeah. And the young man was nonverbal, and Catherine Crick prayed over him and healed him. And then he came up later because he still wasn't healed. True. And even after she healed him the first time, he ran off. And, you know, beyond the problematic nature of healing such a thing, he was clearly not different from. From when, how he when, was before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. It was so frustrating because she would regularly say things like, and you may not notice any physical change today. Yeah. And don't let that be a, a stumbling block to you. Don't let that. Don't let that be disconfirming. Right. <laughs> just preparing you in advance. You may not notice anything different later on. Yeah. Except for the fact that I just prayed and declared that you were completely healed of all things. Yeah, to dare. You know, it's like. I challenge you to call mm. to call me a liar here. You know, <laughs> it puts you in such a such a bad spot as her follower. Yeah. Yeah, I felt so bad for that particular lady. And we'll talk about many other uh, people that Catherine addressed. But later on, I could see her holding up notes. And I don't think English was her first language, but she had like... This is the mother of the young man. Mm-hmm. She had notes that she could say later. And I noticed other people came up with notes because Catherine yeah. will have you renounce things in your life past influences, satanic things that you've done, anything to do with the occult. And so, yeah, sometimes people will come up with a little prepared list on their phone or on a piece of paper. And the mother had this note, and I I got a good glimpse of it. She wrote his name and said, no speaking, still in diapers. He runs away. Mm -hmm. He does strange stuff. He and his father don't understand and yeah, I missed some of the rest of it. I just got fragments of words. But oh, your heart just yeah. aches for this lady yeah. and for her son. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about curing autism at this church. And yes. I mean, it's put in those terms. Mm-hmm. It is put as curing, and she curing, says autism with an A. Curing something that is just a part of a person's makeup, who they are. Right, right. What does that even mean? Yeah, they cure a lot of stuff at 5F Church. Yeah, and, and sometimes the categories are just uh, wild. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, people bring up those lists, like you mentioned, to disclaim stuff because disclaiming your sin is supposed to be freeing. But then on the list will also be things that they clearly just want to be freed from and they want to put in their plea to God. Mm-hmm. So they'll say things like, I disclaim pornography and ADHD. Yep, and like, in the okay, same now, now you're... At least doing something in one of those two things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah, it just seems like everyone has sort of gotten, there's been a modeling going on where everyone is building these lists based on what they've seen before at the church, but there's no particular direction about how to actually do this. But she'll save the main healing service. Uh, We've shot a little forward into time here. She'll save that for later. But first, we have to have two hours of a sermon Mm -hmm. about Sowing the right way. Yeah. Sowing spiritually into the house, the kingdom of God. You know, the traditional religious way that you give is to, and she pulls up scripture verses for all of these points and has them up on the projector. And sometimes she'll address it, sometimes she won't. But the idea is, you know, we're all familiar with the concept of tithe. You give 10% of your income to the church. Yeah, this is the typical Christian expectation. Yeah, whatever your home church is. 10% of your income. 10%. 
percent. That's huge. Yeah, and there's disagreement about whether this is net or gross, but either way, mm-hmm. it is a large amount. Yeah, and growing up, all the churches emphasize that. In the Mormon church, you'll have a bishop actually ask you before you can renew your temple recommend, have you been faithfully giving? Yeah, 10% is a lot. When you draw up that little Pascal's wager square where you're like, well, nothing lost if you believe in God and... He's not real. Well, if you've been giving 10% of your income your whole life. You've lost 10%. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's the opportunity cost for other philanthropic work too. Once you've spent 10% of your income, you're not given to Doctors Without Borders very easily. Right, right. And you're assuming that the church is paying it forward into whatever realms are important. And yeah, sometimes churches do great charity work. Mm -hmm. They will actually provide food for people and always applaud that. But also those funds will be used towards proselytizing or just will go straight into the church and not go out and do any of the social It's as good as the decisions of that church, which the church is beholden to very little standards. Like a nonprofit at least has to tell the government every single year which projects Mm -hmm. it did that year, why they're tax deductible, why they're good for society. They have to at least file paperwork about that. Churches can do basically anything they want. Uh That isn't violently illegal. Uh-huh. And they don't even have to report to their IRS in most cases. So, like, it's just way less checks and balances on your philanthropy. So you're thinking, wow, Catherine Crick wants 10% of your income. But guess what? That's not enough. So she uses the verse Malachi from the Old Testament, 3.8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. This is uh, King James, by the way, so that's why we have all of these going on here. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So her takeaway from this is that 10% of your income is just enough not to rob God. (laughs) Right, right. And you need to be giving on top of that. And she says, basically, you should feel the, you should feel the pinch. It should feel like a sacrifice. If it doesn't, you aren't doing this well. That's right. And of course, she'll trot out the message of the widow's might. This is a famous uh, story from Jesus. Actually, I think he was there, like he brought the disciples to a temple and pointed to this widow who gave just two mites, which is like, you know, two pennies, very little. But she had so little to begin with. So she is giving more than anybody else. That Mm -hmm. is the message. And so she is to be honored for that. But look at these Pharisees. They give bigger sums of money, but they brag about it. It doesn't harm them at all. They're not giving till it hurts. She's giving when it hurts. Yeah, which is a fair point if the end is good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's fair to say, oh, Jeff Bezos, I'm so impressed that you gave $100,000 to this thing, but you're on an island. Mm-hmm. Fine. But you but, earn that every two hours or, right, or right. whatever. So fine point to make. But in this case, uh, what's the end goal? Yeah, the end goal, it feels very much is to squeeze as much money as you can out of these people. And a lot of the things she said just like, turn my stomach. Mm. Like she said, if you have $1, you should be giving 20 cents. And Wait a minute, that's 20%. Yeah, it should feel like doubled it. <laughs> feel like a sacrifice. And she said, and this is all like a spiritual principle. It won't make sense in the world, 
But mm. there are so many stories of people who have given and not known how God would provide for them. Here's another one that turned my stomach. She said, maybe you're not getting your needs met. You need to sow more. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. You know, looking around, there's a lot of people who are of a lower a lower socioeconomic status. Oh, this area this is church. like, yeah, it's one of the poorest areas in LA. Mm. Oh, another point she was making, she said, Jesus destroyed the curse of the law. And I thought, oh, that sounds harsh. But then I found in the Bible, hadn't thought about this for a long time, Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, and this is from Deuteronomy, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, which is an interesting verse. Like, what does that mean for Jesus? Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? Yeah, here's the verse from Deuteronomy 21. Sorry, I'm I'm also jumping translations here, just whatever came to me quickly. ESV. And if a man has committed a crime punishable by death and he is put to death and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day for a hanged man is cursed by God. Oh, So the author of Galatians was hearkening back to that. But it just seemed like such harsh language to say the law, which God gave his people, is a curse. I know. I I also found this confusing when I was a Christian because people would say uh, Jesus came to obliterate the Mm -hmm. law, which he he did say. But elsewhere it says he did not change one jot or tittle. Yeah, and he came to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's really back and forth on this aspect. I mean, what it's... What it seems to be really telling you is like, there is a point at which you can be too legalistic, feel that out intuitively, and once you've passed it, we're going to call you a Pharisee. And there's also a point at which you're not trying hard enough, do that, you know, too much, and we're going to call you a lukewarm Christian. There's some middle Mm -hmm. ground, we're all trying to hit it, and it's going to be totally different to every person. Just however you're feeling in the moment about the law and its role in the current plan of God, there's scripture for you to justify it. Yeah. I agree. It always just felt like this weird wishy-washy thing. Like, I know what we kind of believe on this, but yeah. it seems like we invoke one set of scriptures in one situation where we want to keep a certain part of the law about like homosexuals or shellfish. No, that's one of the ones we <laughs> use the other set of verses. We're like, well, that went away. It's right, all right. It's outdated. You don't need to worry about making a code out of two kinds of different cloth. Fabrics. Yeah, yeah. What a curse that was. Yeah, I don't know what the actual answer to that is because it's never consistent uh it should be exciting to give that's another reminder we're given that you won't get the same spiritual protection if you're just giving because you have to yeah you should be thrilled about it yeah and we were just waiting for the freaking hat to be passed through this period yes it's so obviously setting you up for we're gonna pass around a collection bucket what did they call that it's time to get offering Offering. 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 That's what we called it in my church. Never Everyone's... was that word used here, I, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, we're all waiting for offering, you yeah. know, because yeah, usually there's some little message that reminds you of giving and that's when you give. But in this case, it was all that. So I'm like, here we go. Passing the bucket. All and right, I'm ready. And, and it after took the, forever. The first hour of this, we kept looking at each other like, well, if we're going to give, we're ready to give. Like, yeah. <laughs> the amount I'm willing to give is dwindling. And I remember this feeling from church because if you had a regular church where you were tithing, well, then you've already kind of prepared that. Either you're giving it then or you nowadays you've like set up a auto pay yeah, or something like transfer. that. 
transfer. But I remember like if you were at a different church where you're not a regular member, you'd kind of be looking through your wallet. And this was before like everyone had credit card readers everywhere. So there would always be this kind of calculus of, okay, well, let's see, I've got a 20 and I've got a 10. Yeah. What's the right mix? Okay. Well, I don't feel like, you know, I'm just visiting here. So I'll get, I'll give $10. And so embarrassing when you realize you don't have cash. Yes. Oh my God. Oh yeah. You have to make excuses or maybe go find someone you can talk to about, Mm -hmm. okay, can I give my credit card here? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that used to be a lot harder to do. Absolutely. And then you have all the pressure of the people sitting to the right and left of you. Exactly. Because you don't want to be the person who just grabs it and passes it along because you're busy judging those people (laughs) yourself. Right. And now you're going to receive judgment. Yep. Uh, But did that ever come, Carrie? Not really. So instead, she allows you to give in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. You can give cash by coming to the foot of her altar, by coming to her dais and, and leaving it there in a box. But you can also donate on your phone in a couple of different ways. Yeah. And this really surprised me because I am used to mainstream churches where they'll say during that offering time, hey, we've got people coming around with little square devices attached to their phone. They can help you process a credit card payment now. But with Catherine Crick, it'll just be, oh, hold your phone up if you're going to give at 5fchurch.org slash give. Yes. The coin of the realm here is internal guilt instead of that social pressure aspect, it seems to me. Mm -hmm. There's just, I don't know, kind of more trust that people will follow up and do what they're saying they'll do uh, than I would have expected. I think she has cultivated like a very sort of guilty, anxious kind Mm -hmm. of audience who is going to follow through. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess it's worked for her because as we've seen in like the last two 990 forums, the church is taking in over $2 million per year. Yeah. And Catherine Crick's take of that is listed as zero. Somehow I don't think her take of that is zero. Yeah. We'll have to talk more about their 990s. I I need to look more into this. But I was so confused to see they had even filed them because churches aren't required to. to. But we'll talk about that more. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, here I have uh, where she said, some of you will be freed today, but won't feel anything physically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Would that happen to me? We'll see. That's right. You've still got crutches and a bruised toe. Yes. Well, Ross, I will tell you about my toe, but not now. Okay. Absolutely not. Because first, I think we should talk about the internet. I'm a fan of the internet. Yeah. I've gotten so accustomed to... Being able to learn new things all the time, whatever my curiosity is, right in my pocket. There's this uh, device and I can access the world's knowledge immediately. It's amazing. I I remember card catalogs when I was a kid. Sure. They're great too. They still got them. I still like card catalogs. If you're a card catalog listening, don't take offense. He still likes you. I'm just saying it took a little longer. You had to like sort of make a plan in advance. Like, I got to look that thing up later. Yeah. But now- Arguments bing, get settled bing, in the moment. You get corrected right away. Yep. Move along you with new knowledge. You just got to find a good source. And that's all and thanks to websites. Yes. And that good source, that reputable source might be at a Squarespace website. Hey, if you've got knowledge to share with the world, get a Squarespace website. Yeah. Use sourcing. That's right. You do the work so that when other people rely on your work, then it'll be reliable, good work. Exactly. Show your work, people, and do it on a Squarespace website. You know, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, even your time. 
And every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. And with Squarespace extensions, you can connect your store to vetted third-party tools to extend the functionality of your website. And with Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Unbreakable! Start with a best-in-class website template. Best-in-class! Customize every design detail with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. That's right. Uh, you, you can make your website and it'll look great in a browser on a computer, yep. but it'll also work on somebody's phone. You don't have to do all this like, oh, what's the CSS code to make sure that it auto like resizes based on the I don't want it to look like a square when it's supposed to look like a rectangle. Exactly. Squarespace does that for you. Exactly. So head to squarespace.com slash ono for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ono, O-H-N-O, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. Catherine Crick, also a user. Do you want to do worse than Catherine Crick at something? <laughs> right. Well, that thing could be the internet. She's really good at it. So step it up. You seemed a little rapturous while talking about Squarespace. Thank you. You know what else makes me flow with neurotransmitters? Eating good food. Oh, touche. I love good food. So wait, now I'm going to talk like Carrie. But also I like convenience, you know? So whatever you're about to say, I bet it can't possibly hit both points. (laughs) Well, hear me out. Factor, America's number one Mm. ready-to-eat meal delivery service can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's true. Yeah. It's really good food, you guys. We Mm -hmm. got boxes of it delivered to our home offices. And I was like, oh, this is genuinely really good. I'm so glad it's really good. Because you never know with these kinds of things. So good that I would take photos of it. You know, okay. you know, when you have a meal and you're like, I should take a picture of this yeah. to send to Carrie or to my wife and be like, hey, check out what I just ate. Yeah. Like this mushroom, tomato and goat cheese cava toppy. Oh, I couldn't have pretty. told you what a cava toppy is, but yeah, it was tasty. Okay, Very nice. Good. I ordered the vegetarian selection and- Yeah, they have vegan and vegetarian options. Uh, so many good things. Spicy sweet potatoes and peanut sauce. That was a good one. I've had that one. That yeah, one's yeah. really good. Yeah. Solid. Yep. So cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season, you ding dong. Get factor. Skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, cleaning up. Just get factors fresh, never frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Yeah, I like to take them to work with me. We've got a fridge, so I'll just pop it in there when I'm ready to eat. Put it in the microwave that sits on top of said fridge. And I'm eating, and it's good food. It's really good. And you can choose from 35 chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. So calorie smart, vegan, veggie, protein plus. There's a lot of wholesome options. So this December, get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. (laughs) No prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash ono5050 and use code ono50 to get 50% off. That's code ono50 at factormeals.com slash ono50 to get 50% off. Factor. Catherine Crick would eat it. If you're black, you probably love you some Paramore, huh? Or what about the TV show Golden Girls? Ginger ale? 
daytime television? Don't lie. I know you love at least one of them. I'm Sequoia Holmes, pop culturist and host of Black People Love Paramore. Contrary to the title, it is not a podcast about the band Paramore. Each episode, I, along with the special guest co-host, dissect one pop culture topic that mainstream media doesn't necessarily associate with Black people, but we know we like. Tune in every other Thursday to the podcast that's dedicated to helping Black people feel more seen. Black People of Paramore is now on the Maximum Fun Network. Check out the most recent episode featuring Shar Jassel today. So we've already been doing this for a while. And then she says that she's going to move on to the next type of sewing. And Carrie leans over and says, is it embroidery? (laughs) And I was hoping for crochet, but nope, that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about demonic influence and how that is tied to your giving. Yes, demonic oppression. And she says it's very, very big. Many people are stuck with demons. Oh, my goodness. The point that she makes, and this is a Catherine Crick talking point. It's not just in the sermon. She says this regularly, that you need to sow spiritually to get deliverance. Yeah, so if you have a demon, Mm -hmm. which, boy, that's a whole ball of wax right there. You have some kind of symptom or whatever that makes Mm -hmm. her think you have a demon— then you need to give her money yeah, to get it out. And of course, she'll say that without saying that, except it's pretty overt. Yeah. And she'll also- You can s- give any amount because you can put it in an envelope yeah. and walk it to her and she wouldn't necessarily know it was in there. Fair. And you could get the deliverance and then be told later to do it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. again, she'll just kind of assume you're going to follow through. But she's telling stories of someone who was looking for deliverance for her son and nothing was working. But she went to the website and right as she clicked the pay button, that's when he went back to being normal. Oh, I missed this. Oh, gross. Yeah, that's odious. Yes, that's the right word. She would say that sewing will protect you from getting possessed again. Okay. She would also say that if you had given money to a psychic, that... There's a spiritual principle, again, no Bible verses flash up during this because none support this, but that if you've given money to a spiritualist or something negative, that you need to give more back to God uh, yeah, to kind of like that out. clear this debt. I've heard her talk about karma before and say, what I'm saying probably sounds like karma, but that's just the new age world trying to take over one of God's principles, uh, which is, mm. you know, reciprocity for what you uh, put in. Yeah. Strange that it's not spelled out in the scriptures that way. Yeah. Let's say you've gone to one of the storefront psychics like we have, where they'll regularly, depending on how they size you up, they may ask you for $400, $600, $1,000. Mm-hmm. If you've given to them, as many of the people that we've seen in this church have, she'll ask you how much, and she'll expect you to give more than that now to Catherine Crick. Oh, did she actually ask? Uh, well, maybe people just offered, but okay. I remember monetary values getting lobbed yeah. about. Okay, yeah. Gosh, and that's inviting such rumination mm. and obsession, you know. Oh my yes. God, did I give? Okay, uh, five years ago, I went to that psychic yeah. with my mom, and she paid, but it was $125. Does that count? And okay, the, the parking there was 20 bucks. Is that included? Yeah, I mean, I remember thinking that way, that sort of Mm -hmm. obsessive, scrupulous, you know, uh, what is God expecting of me? Because I don't want to go to hell. So is this it? Better give 30% more than that. Yeah. Yeah. The way that these kinds of messages can interact with certain brains Uh can have multiplying effects. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really drive people to distraction. Yeah. She was also introducing other strange language that just I hadn't heard heretofore that threw me. She kept talking about keys. 
spiritual keys. And she would say a thing like, uh, some people need multiple keys because they've had, I guess, multiple infestations of demonic presence. And like one phrase she said that just made no sense to me was, the spirit of religion hates the revelation so much they will not release the keys. And I was like, wait, what? What are the keys? Okay, yeah, let's see. Spiritual keys needed to unlock these chains I have in my notes here. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, these keys seem to be like pieces of revelation, helping insights that God gives you. I wonder if it's just the the five Fs. I wonder if she's really just talking about the prophets and the <sighs> apostles because she's so heavy on that. I think she has a specific meaning, and I think I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna unlock the keys at some point <laughs> if I keep listening to her. But she regularly references them. Uh, another phrase that we mentioned in the last episode is that she'll keep talking about being new wine. Oh, boy, this was driving me insane. This is the new wine revelation, and the, the religion hates it. The Pharisees hate it. This brought out my most surly James Randi inside of me. I was like, <laughs> listen, young lady, you think you've got some new wine up there? She's 32. I'm 40. I'm like <laughs> acting like I'm double her age. But I was like, are you kidding me? Like. Like you, you're the new wine. You're doing what people have been doing in church my entire life plus. And you're standing up there saying you have new wine. Like nothing could be older than what you're doing. Uh, her lady. <laughs> I think like her greatest skill is just the chutzpah. Like that she can uh-huh. just get up and say these bold proclamations about herself and her church and just fill up air on the microphone and like nothing ever seems to stop her to a point where she's like, oh, I don't know if I should say this or not. She's like, let's just go with it. <laughs> Keep going. Just God's say giving me the words. I'm anointed. And I tried looking this up and I saw that there is a Hillsong worship song called New Wine. So mm. Hillsong is a very prominent evangelical religious movement mm-hmm. and kind of a church of itself. So the lyrics say... In the crushing and the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you into your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Oh, I hate that kind of language. When I trust in you, I don't need to understand. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. You don't think it's this Matthew nine seventeen verse? Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. Oh, that must be the reference. Okay. okay. I, yeah, I, that wasn't coming to mind. So here's what the NIV says. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Oh, so interesting. I think it's kind of a backwards justification for starting her own church. You know, oh, okay. I needed to leave Mosaic or these other L.A. popular churches mm-hmm. and be the new wine and the new wineskin, the new building, you know. I, I see a reference here where they're talking about the same passage, but uh, paralleled in Luke 5. So, okay, there you go. That has to be it. People will latch onto one little thing Jesus said and name a church or a movement out of it. Yep. Okay, new wine. Or a band, Jars of Clay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But 
Jars of Clay is really good. Uh, we were two hours into the service, and she was showing zero signs of stopping, and we didn't know what we'd signed up oh for. Oh, my God. There were so many times where she said, and my next point, or something like that, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, my God, it's not even your last point. Yeah. So around this time, she was talking about the story of Cain and Abel, which we've covered many times before, but the idea that- Adam and Eve's kids. Abel had the more acceptable sacrifice because he offered uh, dead animals unto the Lord. Ugh. And a pleasing aroma. You can say anything you want about God, but he loves the smell of burning carcasses. Fucking meat. Yep. He's a meat bro. (laughs) The worst kind of dude. The guy who's like, oh, are you a vegan? And then like puts bacon in your face. You're like, wow, you really did it. Yeah, I've never seen meat before. Thank you. God's that guy. I'd never encountered the phrase meat bro before, but I know the type you're talking about. What was my other new phrase today? New line. You invented that. No, something about clawing. Oh, yeah. Vibe clawing. Vibe clawing. Yeah, I don't think that's going anywhere. But Vibe clawing. Meat bros. <laughs> I'm going to try to come up with a third one by I, the end of this recording. I feel like meat bros might catch on. Yeah, yeah. I think vibe, vibe clawing is going to do well. <laughs> with our audience. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> Well, it's because we were talking about who she might be sleeping with. Oh, yes. Yes. It's where you. Okay. Yeah. It's where you speculate and then excuse it. Okay. All right. (laughs) You're like, I've just, I've entered this into the lexicon, into your minds, but I'm taking no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. No personal I, responsibility. Oh, yes. For the I disclaim responsibility. Well, That's correct. Well, I got to say, this reminds me of one of my favorite words, which is apophysis. It's the mentioning of something by claiming not to mention it. Like, mm. we won't even mention his tax returns. <laughs> well, you just did. Right, right. Which is very clever. Anyway, so I don't know. That just always seems very strange to me. Even as a Christian, again, this is one of the things that. I thought, okay, we've been taught that God is spirit. He's not physical, only when he needs to be. But somehow he likes the smell of burning meat. He loves barbecue so much. It's a weird why. What does that mean? What's his fucking deal? Why is that a pleasing aroma? Still don't know what the answer to that would even look like. Yeah. Why? Why does he like that? He loves loves barbecue. Because that was introduced by sin. Like there was no death beforehand. Yeah, good point. Why does he like meat when the Garden of Eden was vegetarian? So strange. What's your deal, God? She was talking about witches putting curses on people that kill them. And just all this talk about witches and curses and like how to get out of these curses. You need to unlock these prophetic spiritual keys. People will literally, servants of the devil, witches, will put curses on people that will bring death to a person. Send demonic spirits to them and that brings the person death if they don't have Jesus. Or if they aren't protected where the anointing is and they're not open up to the new wine to get out of this curse, to get out of this bondage, like what I'm sharing today. And the people will really die. You see things like these demonic concerts sometimes and people, tons of people dying. At one time, it doesn't make sense logically. It's spiritual. There's dark stuff going on that's, that's hidden. There's witches putting curses on people, using demons. And without the power of God in your life, demonic power is stronger than you without the power of God. So it's working. People are getting curses on them. People are dying from these curses. And when they die, that's counted as a sacrifice to the devil from that witch that did that. 
And that gives them more demonic powers. That gives them blessings from the devil. But the blessings of God, God come without sorrow. So the blessings from the devil come with sorrow. Come with hell in your life. You get one thing and you get a lot of bad things that surpass the good thing. Like success or whatever. Or money. Right? That's what's going on in the spiritual realm. This kind of deep, dark witchcraft stuff's going on. Where sacrifices are being made. Demonic sacrifices. And people pay prices for these sacrifices. These witches, they pay money. They make money. They send money to the devil as sacrifices. Sending it to a person, saying, this person, they'll be cursed. They take their own money, lots of money, and make sacrifice to the devil. That this person would have this curse. And so what ends up happening in these these deep demonic cases is people have these curses from deep witchcraft on them. These demons aren't going to go in the sermon. These demons aren't going to go just by the command. It's deeper. It's so much deeper than this. The prophetic key that's needed in this, in this case is sacrificing to God. Making a sacrifice into the kingdom of God. So much custom language. This feels so cult-like, you know, mm. along the, you know, with the bite model, like the uh, thought control. Mm. Uh, the, you're changing people's language by introducing mm. these kind of new terms and ways of thinking. Mm. But also, I just kept thinking, well, first of all, show me one witch. <laughs> right. Show yes, me just yes. one witch anywhere yeah. who can do any of this stuff that you're talking about. And we're talking about, like, millions, billions of Christians around the world where is this army of witches who is one by one casting these spells and curses that are affecting all these uh, poor Christians who are having a hard time in life? What do you think she thinks of the witch trials, the Salem witch trials? Oh. Do you think that is she thinks that's a witch story? I'd like to ask her. That's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, is the point of the story that there were actually witches? Right. Was it a good thing that they were? Right. Prosecuted and persecuted. Right. Or does she believe like us, like those weren't actual witches? They weren't actually flying on brooms. They weren't actually turning Goody Michelson into a cat. Yeah, I find... Show me one witch. Yeah, Just yeah. one who can do any of this stuff. Right. Because I mean, that... she can win the half million dollar prize from the CFIIG. <laughs> but I mean, like we have an actual, we have examples in history of people actually getting murdered over this shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> just throwing that around when you don't have any particular evidence. Yeah. And it seems unwise. And I feel like this came from Jor Davy. Uh-huh. Like, uh, because her I prophet. know. Right. Her spiritual father, I feel like in Africa. Our spiritual grandfather. <laughs> Touche. That's right. <laughs> I forgot we were adopted, but I fully claim it. And I, I know in Africa, belief in witches is really strong. Yeah. And I feel like he must use this as a talking point all the time and that it's yeah. just kind of accepted. Yep, all this witchcraft going on, you've all been affected by witchcraft. But the number of times she would invoke that as a potential explanation or people would renounce things in their lives, they would renounce all spirits of witchcraft. And think of, there's not enough witchcraft to go around. <laughs> I know some very nice witches and, you know, they're doing private ceremonies and having a grand old time, but it's not about you and they're, they're not trying to seek your ruin. Yeah, I wonder if that means I saw a tarot card reader or I used a Ouija board or something like that. But also, I've seen a number of people come up to her and say that they renounce witchcraft in their family line. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, generations. Yeah, which then becomes like... 
Do you even yes. know this? Do you even know yes. that you have witchcraft in your family line? Yes. Or is this an assumption that she has layered on you because of your cultural heritage? Or is this yep. Yep. an association you've got with your cultural heritage? Do we even know? And then on top of that, so God punishes mm-hmm. the children of the father because the father was a witch. Come on. That's another one where the Bible is so wishy-washy. You can point to verses where it says God will visit these curses on X number of generations and the sons and the sons of sons. But then others where they say, oh, God doesn't do that. Like there's a very specific story where Jesus says, no, like this young man did not inherit the sins. Like he was trying to get rid of that idea. But what do you do with all the passages that do say that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever you're trying to argue, you use a different piece of scripture. And yeah, you brought up such an important point that not only may you not know that the witch cursed you, but... That curse may have happened before you were born and you've yeah. just inherited you've I, just inherited it. Yeah, it describes a worse world than the one I think I live in. No kidding. Just all of these secret enemies and dark, shadowy hijinks going on. And yeah, this felt very reminiscent of Bob Larson, though Bob would be a little more explicit with like the cultural assumptions, like, mm. oh no, he's talking to a black woman. He's gonna yes. bring up like the slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Or some tribal or voodoo. spirits. Voodoo. Or, yeah. He likes to bring up voodoo with, with his black And followers. you can just call it in advance, like, you know, whoever he's talking to. Oh, he's talking to this uh, tall, it, white, blonde guy. He's going to talk about the Norse gods. Right. Oh, it's, uh, it's a Latino woman. He's going to talk about Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Yep. All of that was uh, very frustrating, and we're very far into it. Uh, but now she calls everybody up to receive a healing and to offer their seed money their seed yeah yeah and of course she'll avoid scrupulously i feel like i want to uh do like a transcription and then word search just to see if she ever even said the word money i feel like she, okay i feel like she did a scrupulous job of avoiding the word money she says money 33 times hey okay there we go <laughs> i take it back but i think you're right that it's not usually in terms of her giving a command it's usually in terms of her describing someone's situation okay All right. Well, that's plenty of references to money, but it just felt like there was always this kind of euphemistic dancing around me wanting money from you. Right. How do I say it without saying it? It Totally. Yeah. So where she says money is like, you receive money, but you don't even know whether to give it back to God. Stuff like that. Yeah. The actual instruction is vague. This is where she said that thing I was mentioning earlier. To illustrate the principle of sowing into God's ministry, she mentioned that this woman in Houston that she was ministering to years ago had a son who was manifesting. They'd visited multiple deliverance ministries, and the woman came to her and said, I don't know what to do. Like, this won't go away. And then she revealed to Catherine that she had given money to psychics hundreds of dollars and ah, that it was a generational i know yeah I, i'm kind of ready i should write out a list in case you know we go there and i get called up because the stuff i could too. renounce i know it's like i would have to get up there and be like okay mormonism scientology yeah. like 500 psychics tarot the- card readings <laughs> i watched ross getting her candles <laughs> oh she even mentioned ayahuasca in the ceremony yes, that's right i'm saying ceremony she, she mentioned ayahuasca also there was one woman who did renounce scientology oh that's right yes yeah. Yeah, she did. Oh, man, the things that get renounced. It is such a... Only in LA a do you rich, get to see a faith healing where someone renounces Scientology. A rich bouquet of things that are renounced. So she's talking about this woman who's just looking out after her son. So Catherine tells her, well, this is the spiritual principle. You need to sow more seed into the kingdom than you've given to those psychics. Yes. And so the woman runs to her and says, Apostle Catherine, he's set free. And it happened when I pressed pay at the 5F ministry website. <sighs> 
And then immediately he was full of peace and joy. The next day he was a normal kid. What did the kid have? Just that he was manifesting. So all we get from the story is that he kept, I don't know, crying out with demons or something like that. Great. Ah, Seems hard to verify. It to make me mad (laughs) when I hear this. Okay, but yeah, everyone gets called up to receive blessings, and so they bring up physically these envelopes. So there's no hat passed around, there's no collection bucket, but you can walk up to this dais, this wooden thing that's maybe like, uh, I don't know, a foot or a foot and a half tall, and put your money on it. And neither of us did that. I did. Oh, did you? you? Well, I brought it up. I didn't end up putting it at her feet or whatever. I was holding it in case she came up to me. I remember running forward. There was like an initial round of this. And like I ran forward and I got pictures of everybody else casting their envelopes on the stage. And it was, you know, dozens. And then there were people for her that went around picking them up, putting them in a collection bucket. But I felt comfortable doing so because there were so many official photographers constantly pointing cameras at everything, including this one woman. She would just rove around the audience. Sometimes she'd stand up on a ladder. At one point, I see like this extended lens pointing out of a window above us. I was like, oh my God, it's like the Texas Book Suppository. (laughs) (laughs) Suppository? Sure. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was like the murder of JFK, just a slow object coming out of the window above. So there was that round, but then she, she sort of prays over everybody and maybe picks a couple individuals to give like a kind of a personal message to, or bring them up. But then after that, the sermon kind of ended when everybody gets invited just to come up and this is now time for deliverance and healings. And I have something to heal. So you hobble up. On, on my crutches. On your crutches, and I stand behind you. And uh, yeah, what happens? Okay, get up there. I'm on my crutches. And as I walked up, I made eye contact with her. Mm-hmm. And she assessed me. You know, like her eyes went up and down. <laughs> you, she was deciding. You, and you got the scan. Yeah, I got the scan. Head to and foot and back. something was not acceptable. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But she, I. You should have smelled like burning meat. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she she looked me up and down. She kind of looked away. She came back. She looked away. So there was something, something she was figuring out. I was I was the only person with crutches, so I was standing out. You okay. Know? Okay. But she just started calling on someone else, and it was a woman who was sort of trembling. Mm-hmm. And this is all very intimate now because before we were back in the seats and pew, they're not pews, and just rows of these white folding seats. Yeah. But now we are all like pressed upon each other, kind of like knees up against the platform. And you've got people who are almost in like paroxysms, just like shaking mm-hmm. back and forth and like clearly wanting her attention. Uh, a lot of people lifting up their hands. That was kind of sporadic all throughout the service. You know, you'd have people lifting up their hands during worship. I should say also a lot of people shouting out, amen mm-hmm. and hallelujah. We had a lady behind us who was particularly responsive and noisy, immoderate clapping. Just like people, you know, certain phrase just resonates with them. Yes. I love that. The the one person clapping. Okay. There was a lady in front of us. I'm skipping ahead a little. She was at the second service. But I loved how she responded to Catherine because everything was with the sound of like, all right, you won me over. So so (laughs) Catherine would say like, and don't just think that you can be like a normal Christian. And then the woman in front of me would say, okay, okay, (laughs) all right. Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> she still felt like 
like she was being gradually convinced. <laughs> I frankly appreciate that because it makes the service more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Catherine herself has uh, kind of these... I don't know, just like a punctuation phrases that she'll say, like something so absurd as, okay, bring up your cards for the email list, amen? You know, like something like that. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, just uh, the random little like, hallelujah, praise God, praise Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, just sprinkled throughout through every word and phrase and yeah. paragraph. Amen has become her exhale word. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Praise God, oh, wait, praise is. God. That's my third. Oh, uh, you did it. Yeah, okay. Exhale, word. exhale word. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. okay. I'm good now. <laughs> Ross certified. Yeah, yeah. Now I've got all three. She was going around. She'd bring people up and oh my goodness. Like I, I kept feeling this pressure to get some names and email addresses because I wanted to follow up. Like Mm -hmm. there was this young boy who clearly had some sort of mental difficulties and Mm -hmm. he'd be kind of staring all around and Catherine would immediately and totally declare that all spirits of confusion are gone and uh, that a sound mind will be present. She's just so confident. The stuff about schizophrenia Mm. is like so disturbing. And cringe inducing. Yeah. It's, It's cringy for sure. It's also just it's something where you want to intervene so early oh yeah the you know what we always say about these faith healers is what they really steal from you is time hope and money right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and you could be going somewhere that you actually get your problem dealt with or mitigated and it might be time sensitive yes and like schizophrenia yeah schizophrenia feels like the apex of that to me Uh, because it's like you want to intervene in the first three psychosis cycles usually the first two to three years after the symptoms start Hmm. so it's like it's go time if that's your diagnosis and instead of go time you're going to this lady and getting sort of misdirected maybe thinking you're fine now mm-hmm. you had another psychosis cycle how do you interpret that now and yeah, you know yeah. like the time is ticking there and a lot of these people like i'd want to follow up with them but like for that boy in particular the parents were non-english speaking mm-hmm. and i thought well how effectively am i going to follow up with them later to ask how he's doing or, or you'd have others who are, you know, people who are kind of like rocking themselves back and forth and think, oh, geez, I, I don't know. Like, n- it never felt like a right moment or like I, there was one person I was looking for afterwards and they'd already left. So it wasn't until the second service uh, that we attended that I got someone's name to follow up with later. But yeah, maybe maybe we should save for the next episode some more specific stories about these deliverances and how they worked. Sure. But let me say, yeah. she did not heal my ding-dang toe. No. She did say she was healing all injuries at one point. Yeah, so. she did like a blanket healing. Yeah. And that included online. And she'll also do a thing where she just calls out kind of like uh, you might do like on TV uh, as, as a faith healer where you're saying like, oh, I, I see right now I see somebody suffering from breathing difficulties. That is being healed right now yes i am seeing this and it's being healed right now yes exactly yeah it's like an old yeah faith healer trick yeah as long as you're talking to a big enough audience someone will make this work for you because it sounds so impressive because you can mentally imagine someone somewhere hearing that and getting healed at that moment don't need any kind of confirmation to get the bonus points for having said it. Yeah, that's true. And even if you get the confirmation, it may mean nothing. Yeah. You know, someone felt better hearing a sentence. Okay. So, so yeah, no, no specific delivery to Carrie, even though she was standing right up there, pretty close to the front on the right hand side with her crutches. So when it was over, when the healing portion was over, I hobbled by this one fella who is I don't know, one of her muscle 
characters. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. he catches people. He gives you the side eye. He makes sure everything's safe. And as it's passing him, I said, she didn't heal my toe like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said, <laughs> I gotcha. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Yes. Yeah, he going to heal you? Or if you fall over in this moment, he'll catch you? Yeah, I think. I gotcha. Yeah. I think he just felt put upon to say something and that's what came out. Probably 10 seconds later. He's like, yeah, what? I gotcha. What, what does that <laughs> mean? She said. I, that was stupid. Why did I say that? <laughs> He's the ticket taker at the movie theater. And I said. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. <laughs> you can't say that. I said, have a nice flight to the the person at the gate. You can't do that. I, I don't even know how to use the YouTube phrase. <laughs> The U2 phrase? Yeah, the, Brian Regan, the comedian, has a great routine on this where someone drops him off at the airport and says, have a nice flight. And he says, you too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know how to use the U2 phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. It happens. So maybe that's anyway, what happened. it was something like that. But also, you need an answer prepared for the people who aren't healed. Oh, and, uh-huh. and while I was standing up there at the dais, she said something to try to energize us all. And she was saying, like, have faith, have faith. If you don't feel anything, like still believe this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman off to so my- So many disclaimers. Oh, so many. There was a woman off to my left and she and I made eye contact mm. and I must have looked dejected oh. because she made a face that was like, it was like she was communicating like, you got this. Oh, wow. Come on. Okay. You come on, lady with crutches. You can do it. And I just like couldn't return it in kind. I just felt <sighs> so bummed by this whole wow. milieu. Can't even fake it till I make it. <laughs> but then I saw her face kind of fall. Like she, oh, you know, the. She needed your. Yeah, the, reaction. the hot potato was passed to me. Ah. And I was like, drop the potato. Oh, no. What do we do now? And then, yeah. Oh, wow. And it, it seems like it had an effect. Okay. That the potato was dropped. So, oh, I also can't wait to tell, I think next time I'll talk about supermodel Jesus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's one of my favorites. He's one of the catcher guys who will come up. I'd say say he's like the chief catcher. Yeah, yeah, Ross is very attracted to this man. Uh, Yeah, I got to say. He's a (laughs) handsome man. But okay, I'll I'll save the descriptive for next time. But I call him supermodel Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. You guys are dating now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a very interesting figure to me. I want to know what's going on inside his head. Yeah, interesting. But we I feel he's very, his name. he's very pivotal to all of this. Then afterwards, people are now kind of milling out of the building. The seats are mostly empty. She kind of finishes this crescendo after doing all of these healings. And I got to say, it's mostly about deliverance. I would say if, you, if you're going to do a divide between deliverance and healing, we're talking 90% deliverance. 10% healing. Though you might be delivered of a list of things that includes like fibromyalgia. Ailments. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, definitely like the faith healing feels entirely secondary to the deliverance. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. I, I, I believe you that probably if we wrote down a list of both that the okay. other would outnumber, but it felt as present to me. That's the nail that her hammer looks for. Is like, yeah. you come up here, we need to find the spiritual problem with you. Yes. And then maybe you'll throw away your crutches. Yeah, the illnesses are details. Mm-hmm. The real thing that's happening is you're being delivered from demons and maybe one of the things the demons is causing yes, is an illness. Exactly. I think that, that's true. Yeah, that's the flavor of what I was going for there. Mm-hmm. This reminds me, we watched on her Miracles tab on her website, there was one video of a little boy throwing 
away his crutches. <laughs> yeah, just out the front door. Yeah, and the, again, <laughs> you know, when you have crutches, it's for a temporary thing. It's to get yeah. rid of them eventually. The, look where my crutches are behind you. I, my foot's still broken, but I just haven't had to use that in a little right. bit. Yeah, you can get around okay, yeah. unless you're like doing extreme uphill or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but did you throw away your crutches that day, Carrie? Well, there they are. Okay, nope, they're still here. No, I left pissed because it actually did hurt to walk at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I'll i admit I didn't go there thinking she would heal my toe, but mm-hmm. I was feeling resentful. Yeah. That like, man, my foot hurts. I just had to go stand next to the stage for 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm on crutches. They're digging into my armpits. And you didn't do anything. So many disclaimers about how, oh, you may not feel this right afterwards and uh, don't let the devil tell you that that means you weren't healed. <laughs> Don't believe your lying eyes is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Your lying toe mm-hmm. in this case. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we filed out of there, got back to our car, saw the armed security guards waiting for her to exit the building. And a woman followed us to your car and I'm pretty sure overheard us shit talking. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Okay. I didn't think she was close enough to have to have heard uh, our mutterings. <laughs> we, were, we were both feeling very muttery after being there for four hours. Totally. But yeah, we got back in the car and uh, dropped you back off at your place. Oh yeah, thank Thank you for that. Ross drove. Because I couldn't. Because my ding dang toe was still broken. And it still is. There it is. I'm showing oh, Carrie's showing me her toe. Can you see how it pokes the wrong way? Yeah, it's it's uh it's veering to the left. Yes. On her left toe. Yes. That's what Catherine Crick didn't do. She left the crick, crick in, in your my t- toe. Oh, beat me to it. Oh uh, <laughs> well, done. that's it for our toe. Yeah, we can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't get any better than that. <laughs> Why try? Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Hi, Brian. You can who's, you know what? Whose pup just passed away? Oh, yeah, a so cookie think, doodle? Or I think it's a cookie might have already been gone. Uh, okay. This this doggy's name was Juji. Oh, sorry yeah. to hear that. So R.I.P. Juji. I know how to lose a dog. It fucking blows. We can't help you sow into the kingdom, but you can sow into future episodes mm-hmm. at MaximumFun.org slash donate or leave us a positive review. Tell a friend. Spread the word. Also, if you were among the Ono, Ross, and Carrie listeners who gave to old friends dog sanctuary yeah. for me and Drew and Ella, thank you so much. That yeah. was so wonderful. And uh, I know we talked about it briefly before, but we're going to send you guys a, a video. We waited for our senior dog sanctuary shirts to come in oh. so we could do that right. So we're on our way. Nice. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. That's super sweet. And remember. I remember one time this woman brought her young son, like eight or nine years old, I would say. She said to me, she says, I've been to deliverance minister after deliverance minister. And the demons aren't leaving him. They're praying for him, but he just manifests. He just keeps on manifesting and they don't ever leave him. I pray over the boy. And as I pray over the boy and I see him still manifesting, God reveals to me, God speaks to me that this is deeper. Demonic bondage. All of a sudden, he, God speaks to me, like prophetically, he revealed to me that she had sowed into psychics, uh, given to psychics. So I just ask her, I say, did you happen to go to psychics? Yeah. Did you give money to the psychics? She says, yeah. I say, like a lot? She says, like hundreds and hundreds. And God revealed to me right there, this is the key that is going to unlock freedom for her son. Because this is generational. It got passed on to her son. 
for her to sow into the kingdom of God. And I just told her that, and I, and I told her to sow into the kingdom of God to where God's power is. It's not about giving to a minister or something. It's about the principle of sowing into God's kingdom where his anointing is. And so I just left her with that instruction. Just I gave her free will. I didn't say, are you going to do it? I just, I just shared that with her, this key. And then I moved on. There were so many people manifesting. Deliverance everywhere was happening. So I go on praying for other people. And all of a sudden, she, she runs to me. Apostle Catherine! And she's standing here with her boy. He was laying on the ground before, manifesting. Demons speaking out of him, laughing through him. He's standing here and full of peace looking. And she says, he's set free. He says, she says, I, I just pulled up on my phone push pay for fivefold church, and I just immediately sewed right there. And she goes, right after I did that, he started, I believe it was coughing up demons, and then he was set free. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows Supported directly by you.